Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. This is episode 508, and it's being released on Memorial Day, May 25th, 2020. So, I think it's appropriate uh, releasing this on Memorial Day. Many, many people, men and women, have fought and died to preserve the rights that we have. And that's who we remember today. We remember those who gave the ultimate price to uh, help us preserve our freedoms. Veterans Day is in November, and that's where we honor all veterans. Today, Memorial Day, we honor those who gave the ultimate price so that I could have a Second Amendment, so that I could do this podcast. So I, I, I don't forget that, and I don't take that lightly. And so this episode is sponsored by Concealment Solutions. Make us fantastic holsters. Check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. If you need an inside-the-waist, if you need a hybrid holster, if you need a good outside-the-waist, very concealable uh, outside-the-waist Kydex holster, if you need a competition holster, you can find them all. If you need new mag pouches, you can find everything over at concealmentsolutions.com. The coupon code HANDGUNWORLD one word, one word, handgun world, gets you a 10% discount on your order at checkout. And uh, don't forget to order belts while you're over there too. Your belt is one of the most important parts of your concealed carry system. So I have a lot to talk about this week. I recently went to the range with Ben Branham and John Adeen. And had a chance to try out a lot of new stuff. I'll be talking about that. First time to the range in seven weeks. Uh, boy, it was. It just felt good to get out there. And uh, I'll be talking about that. Also going to talk about the Cool Fire Trainer a little bit. That's We had a chance to test that as well. Uh, John brought his Cool Fire Trainer uh, in a couple of SIG pistols. And that was pretty neat. An excellent training tool, I thought. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I got a voicemail. Voicemail about pepper spray from a listener I'll be putting in. I have a little bit of audio for you to listen to when Ben and I compared the P365 and the P365 XL. It's on our YouTube channels. We have two YouTube channels. We have Modern Handgunners on YouTube. There'll be a link in the show notes for that. And then, of course, my Handgun World YouTube channel. Check them both out. A lot of good stuff. Uh, I've been trying to make a, a much better effort of putting out information on YouTube, putting out videos. I just recently did a, an X a P365 review. I finally had a chance to review my P365. I know a lot of people have done reviews on it, but I actually explained why... I waited two years to buy a SIG P365, and it's on YouTube. Check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can find it easily and go right there. And then Ben and I shot and compared together the P365 and the P365 XL. Quite a bit of difference between the two advantages and some disadvantages. We were shooting those things at 75 yards and making real good hits. They're very accurate pistols and great for concealed carry. So you'll get part of the audio right now, but do go over to our YouTube channels and subscribe and watch those videos because there's a lot more information on there 
about the these two guns and and much more the these are the free channels not the shooters club i'll talk about the shooters club coming up later and i'm also going to talk about a project gun that i'm working on right now and um uh, you'll you'll get more information in segment two about my pro project gun and some competition match information that i recently shot so last week was good i got a chance to go to the range private range Ben and I and John put out the money and we rented a private range, a private bay at a, at a public shooting range. That's that's really a great way to do it if you want to spend the money because, you know, you just get, you, you get to pretty much do what you want out there, staying safe. You do have a couple of other people with you that can coach you and train you and do some things. Uh, and talk to you about some things and you can test pretty much whatever you want to test and how you want to test it so that was fun i can't afford to do that too often but i'd highly recommend it if you get a chance to do it and then i've also got some common sense survival tips that i want to share with you so let me talk about the cool fire trainer the actual uh, I, I realize i just made a, made a mistake the actual audio is going to be about our our review of the p365 and, and p365xl but the cool fire trainer i don't have any audio for you on that but we do have it on video so check it out so i i really like that and i'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to the cool fire trainer Basically, you replace the barrel and the recoil spring assembly of your gun. And when you dry fire practice, the gun cycles and it gives you recoil impulse. And it's your own gun. It's the gun that you have that you carry all the time that you keep at your home or wherever. So I think that's a phenomenal way to practice because you're practicing with your own gun. You're dry firing. Uh, it's very safe and you you replace the barrel and the recoil spring assembly and you use co2 and you gas that thing up and start pressing the trigger and watch what your sights do and if you have a red dot gun it's really good because you can watch what the red dot does while you're pressing the trigger because it's going to give you recoil not quite as much recoil as if you shoot live rounds but it gives you enough and it gives you the same trigger pull the more consistency you can keep in your practice and your training i think the better off that you you are i think that consistency is very important if you want to master something you got to be consistent you got to practice it you got to practice it over and over again you got to practice it consistently and you've got to be able to practice as much in reality as you possibly can you know, I'm sorry to say, folks, that going to a public range and standing there in a shooting lane and putting a target at five yards and shooting and putting holes in paper while you're standing still at a slow rate of, rate of fire, <laughs> that's, that's just not training. And it's, it's barely even good practice. I know some of you... It's all you can do for now. And if it's all you can do, then that's all you can do, and that's great. Then keep doing it. But at some point, you need to get some real practice on real self-defense skills and some real training on how to defend yourself. Now, I recently watched a video on YouTube where somebody was really ragging on somebody else on YouTube for saying that, that you have to have training and his point 
you know, the YouTuber's point was there, there are a lot of people out there every year, every day that have no firearms training that defend themselves with a gun. That's true. That's true. You know why that is? Because because they took care of rule number one that Tom Givens teaches. I took Tom Givens' class several years ago, um, one of his handgun classes. It was three or four years ago, I believe. And basically, Tom says, hey, you got to have a gun. That's the first rule of a gunfight is have a gun. And I think that Tom said that almost everybody, you know, he keeps track of his students. He keeps track of data of his students, especially those that have been in a gunfight and have used their gun in self-defense. And those that lost, those that lost or or had a problem, you know, maybe there was a, uh, yeah, well, basically they lost their self-defense gunfight. It's because they didn't have a gun. Usually it wasn't because they didn't know what to do, but they didn't have a gun. So the YouTuber's point is a good one. You got to have a gun. And if you have a gun, you've probably you you've you've probably won 80% of the battle. However, think about this. What we find today is we find I think a different kind of bad guy population. I'll say that again. I think we have a different type of bad guy population today. And who knows what the after effects of COVID-19 is going to produce. I got a feeling unfortunately that it's going to produce an even worse type of bad guy. I hope it doesn't. I hope none of this happens. But but I think it might. So you got to be ready. And if you're outnumbered, think about that. If you're outnumbered and you don't have any training and you don't know what to do, all you have is just have a gun, it might not be good enough. Some of Tom's data comes from years past we have a different not all of it but some of tom's data comes from years past we have more information now we have more situations now and if you're outnumbered or you're outgunned then that's something for you to consider do you have the training so you need to get to a training class and um, if nothing else a training class teaches you a lot about mindset and that's important mindset you know um Ben Branham is famous for saying that your your uh, your mind is the weapon and your firearm is only a tool. So your mind is the weapon. Train it well. And that's true. You have to have the proper mindset. Uh, and you can get yourself out of a nasty situation. Now, what are the odds of this? all this stuff happening? Well, as I've always said for years, I've been going on 10 years of doing this show now. Uh, what am I thinking? It's been over 10 years that I've been doing this show. And I've been saying that I don't go out looking for trouble, but sometimes trouble finds me. And the odds are not great. The odds are not great. Most people are never going to have to use their self-defense handgun or rifle in a self-defense situation. And that's great. If I go the rest of my life and I don't have to pull my gun on anybody, that to me, that's a victory right there. If I go the rest of my life, so avoidance, avoidance and de-escalation is what, what I what I favor first. And when you listen to the voicemail I got coming up about pepper spray, you'll understand more about that. But if you can't de-escalate, if you can't calm the situation down, and it gets to the point where you absolutely have no other choice but to use 
your self-defense firearm, you better be prepared. What are the odds? Low, very low, very low. But you better be prepared and prepared with the mindset. So you'll get that in training class. Something else that you'll get in a training class or a competition match or a private practice, practice session, you will find out about your gear, whether it works, whether it works for you or whether it doesn't. You may think the gun that you just bought recently is going to work well, and it's going to work well for you. Keep in mind, you know, everything is so, uh, everything's personal. Your, your personal likes, dislikes, your personal ability, your hand size, all that other stuff, it's all different for everybody. So you might have gone to the gun store and picked up a gun and bought it and said, oh, I like the way this feels, but... Does it really work for you? Can you really shoot it well? There's a difference between your handgun feeling well and you being able to shoot your handgun well. There's a huge difference. That's one thing I've noticed. And I've noticed that over the years. I've been doing this since 2005, about 15 years. That I, I have acquired guns that I thought were going to really work well for me when I go to shoot them. I can't shoot them worth a crap. And then there's guns that I don't think are going to work that I do shoot well. You'll hear more about that a little bit later in this episode on the review that we did. So you, you can't really know that unless you go to a competition match, unless you go to a training class, private lesson, whatever. So take that next step. One of my listeners recently sent me a private message on uh, Facebook his name is Scott. I won't use his last name or where he's from. But Scott said, hey, he said, Bob, you know, you're the reason why I've taken so many firearms training classes lately. And um, so I'm glad. I'm glad I was an <laughs> able to help him. And I was an enabler and got him out there to firearms training because I'm sure it's helped him. I'm sure it's he's he, he's a better shooter because of it and better prepared because of it because you have to think about something if you carry a gun you're a prepper you're prepping for something unknown you're prepping to save your life if it happens you hope it doesn't you're hoping for the best and you're preparing for the worst so scott thank you for that message because it means a lot when i know that i'm inspiring people to get out there and uh, and use their guns and be ready if you need to be ready okay so that's all I wanted to say on that subject. So let's listen to a voicemail I really recently got on de-escalation and on pepper spray. By the way, if you want to call in a voicemail like this, all you have to do is call 210-646-1727. That's area code 210-646-1727. Hey Bob, it's Dave in Utah. Uh, just commenting on a recent episode where um, somebody had wrote in about pepper spray, um, and I agree with your your reaction to it that um, you know most things for self defense are not a guaranteed kind of one shot stop. With pepper spray, um, so there is a, a, a gun rights radio network podcast called Practical Defense by Alex Haddix. And one of the things that he had mentioned in that old, old podcast was that people react in three ways to pepper spray. Some people, uh, when it, when it hits them and they experience that pain, they just, 
shut down, they just give up, and uh, that's that. Some people, um, the spray hits them, and they go, ow, that hurts, and then they go back to doing what they were doing before. And then some people get a massive adrenaline rush and basically turn into the Hulk or to, like, a rage monster and just go crazy. Um, so you need to keep those things in mind if you're going to use pepper spray as a self-defense tool. Now, one thing that that would um, is useful pretty much in any condition of pepper spray is if you're squirting something into somebody's eyes and face, you're at least going to be distracting them for a second because, I mean, even if you sprayed them with a with a jet of water right in the eyes, that's going to make someone you know, close their eyes and flinch and turn away. It's going to buy you a few seconds. So even if they, they have very little reaction to the pepper spray, you're still going to buy yourself a couple of seconds of distraction to turn and run and put some distance or to get another tool ready or anything like that. Also, another thing you need to keep in mind with pepper spray is that if you're going to be spraying somebody I mean, you're putting, you're blasting some uh, liquid or aerosol solution into the air. And so you're very, very likely going to catch some of it yourself. And so you need to not be surprised by that. Be expecting to deal with those effects. Um, hopefully you affect the bad guy more than yourself. But um, even then, you still need to be prepared to deal with that. So couple things to think about a pepper spray. It is a very good tool um, for a self-defender, but it's not a guaranteed, um, you know, not a guaranteed stop, although it is a guaranteed probably distraction, you know, provided you hit the guy in the face. Anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you, Dave. Good stuff. So not everything works all the time. So you do have to remember that. You, you've got to have several different ways to defend yourself. Not everything. I mean, a bad guy is going to react differently to every situation and everything that, you know, every type of resistance to him. Here's the most important thing, I think, that we gain from this. You have to have a, an ability to fight. You have to have the ability to put up some resistance, right? I mean, what what good is it... What good is it having all this stuff? Pepper spray, guns, knives, whatever. Mace, whatever it is that you're using. What good is it if you're not actually willing to do it? You know, years ago I did an episode called Can You Pull the Trigger? And I'm going to find that episode. I'm going to link to it. You can listen to a lot of my older episodes right off the website handgunworld.com. Yeah, there's only about 150 episodes at a time that show up on iTunes or podcast apps. But if you want to listen to the really old ones that don't show up, just go to handgunworld.com and stream them off of that uh, or download them. You can download them too and save them on your device. Can you pull the trigger? I will find that one because there's a, a lot of really good information and eye-opening stuff in there about mindset. But can you do it? You got to be able to put up some resistance. You got to be able to fight, have the willingness to fight and adapt to different situations. Okay, so next up, I got to thank uh, Dr. John Adine for this. 
Uh, he brought the toys. John brought the toys. He brought some nice SIG pistols, and uh, with for the uh, for the the review that we did, the P365 was mine. The P365 XL was his. When you go watch the video that we're going to post soon on the Cool Fire trainers, both of them were his for for his SIGs. His uh, two new ones that he's got, just really good stuff, and. I just I want to thank him again. I know he's listening. John, you're the best. John's been to a lot of our classes. He's a regular supporter of ours. He's a Shooters Club supporter and things like that. He's also the uh, the director of uh, membership for Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership and 2ADoc.com, which I'll link to both of those in the show notes. You probably have heard John on many podcasts and radio shows. We even did a COVID-19 video with uh, John recently. You can find that over at Modern Handgunners or also on my YouTube channel. Good stuff. So thank you, sir. We always appreciate what you do for the Second Amendment community. So here's Ben Branham and myself from the range. Hi, and welcome to Modern Handgunners. I'm Ben Branham. And I'm Bob Main. And we're here to talk about the 365s today. I've got an XL that I've been shooting all day. Bob's got his 365, and man, we are enthralled with these guns, right? We started back here at like 75 yards, and you were shooting your Glock, your little Glocks, your 48 and your 43, which are some of your favorite guns, and the XL, and you were hitting a lot more at 75 yards, way down range, with those, right? With the P365, yeah, surprisingly enough. Uh, incredibly accurate gun, uh, reliable gun. You know, and like I said uh, a year and a half ago, uh, I didn't want to get one then, but I'm glad I waited and I got one now. Yeah, and then uh, I got to borrow the 365 XL, which I actually like better because it fits me a lot better with size giant hands. And, you know, I was shooting the SIG 320X Legion, the really super, with the dot and everything, and my groups were okay at 10 yards, but nothing to write home about. And then I picked up this little thing, and my first group shooting this was actually better than with that big gun and the dot on it. Yeah. I was shooting, you know, quarter size groups at 10 yards with this little tiny gun. I couldn't believe how accurate and how well it shot, how well the trigger feels, and really just it, it goes and it goes and it goes. Most of these small guns have problems. We've had a bunch of those come through our class. Uh, one lady shot her one through our, our class one time, about 800 rounds. She yeah. had one lousy malfunction. That was it, it was at the end of the day, uh, day one, and she hadn't cleaned it in a while. Yeah. She took it home, cleaned it, came back the next day. It ran just fine. So they do are a little susceptible for getting dirty. They need to be stay cleaner than probably your Glock or your X or your M&P does. But other than that, man, they are a great little gun. Yeah, they are. Yeah, can so, I borrow that one for a minute? Um, on the XL, it's got this nice flat trigger. Which, uh, shooting it today, I noticed the difference. I believe I can get more leverage with a flat trigger, and it's a little bit wider. So it works better for me. So that was a very good move that SIG put that on, on this gun, as they have on a lot of their guns. And uh, that, was, that was an impressive thing. My groups, I would say, maybe were slightly better with the XL version, but it just felt better shooting it. Um, I'm going to like the XL, and one of the reasons I'm going to like it better is it just because it's got that full grip with the 12 rounds, I can get all my fingers on it. When I take the little one, I'm missing the bottom finger here. And then there's one other thing that we kind of noticed playing with the guns. They felt different, and then we're looking at them, looking at them, and when you look at it, the 365 has a little bit more beaver tail than, or the XL has a little bit more beaver more tail beaver, than the, the bigger beaver tail, yeah. And for me, 
that is a big deal for me because I got size freaking ginormous hands. So I think that's why this one feels so much better for me and is in there. And I say it feels so much better for me. Um, I'm going to tell you the bad parts about this gun. Okay. There's a couple. So first of all, we'll go expense. It's a little bit more expensive than your Glock, right? A couple hundred bucks, 100, 150 somewhere in there. Uh, but it does come with the plate on top, so you can get the red dot. And a night sight. And the night sights already. So I guess it's with that's all wash. Um, what I've noticed about the 320s and the 365s is when I shoot them a lot, they get freaking hot. Yeah, really hot. Very hot. Even when, so I'm doing a thumb forwards grip, I can feel my thumbs cooking when they're touching the slide. And I got one point at the one of the 320s today where I had to put the gun down and wait until that stupid thing cooled down yeah. just so I could do it. And it's also like 95, 100 degrees out on the range, not a cloud in sight. It is hotter than snot out here. That's why we're under the cover just to film the video and not out actually on the range because it's so hot. But these things get really hot really fast. One magazine and that thing is up to... In this weather, hot, they do, yeah. And then two or three mags, if you're shooting it really fast, they get smoking hot really, really fast. Yeah, they do. So the only problem you got to do and think about that is you need a full covered holster for these things. So I'm going to take your uh, 365 holster you got sitting around here, and this one, where it sticks outside of the bottom, do not do that if you're going to be on the range actually training, because this thing is going to press against your leg, and yeah. it is going to hurt a lot. It's one of those lot. things you'll do it one time, and then when you get burned, you'll uh, probably won't do it again. Yeah, so you wanted to do that. So that's... That's one of the downsides that I really found fell about this gun. The one really downside that I can really complain about is how hot this stupid thing gets. And then the other thing I'm going to say is that for me, man, it does not feel good in my hand. My M&P, maybe it's so many years I've been shooting it, this thing feels great in my hand. I, it's just stuck in there. This thing is too small. It bites me a little bit here, bites me a little bit there. It doesn't really fit. My fingers are all crushed in there. There's a little tiny groove right there, and it doesn't feel great. But it shoots incredible. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, even though it feels like, mm, you know, I just, I'm managing it more than it feels great in my hand, it, it shoots like a house on fire for me. Even when we were doing splits at 10 yards, I was able to push my splits with this gun faster than I was with that X with the dot on it. Yeah. And to be fair, I'm not good with dots. So the dot is hard for me and hard for me to track and hard for me to use right now. The open sights of what I've been doing for 20, going on 30 years. Oh God, I'm getting old. But I've been doing it for 25 years now. And so this one, I could actually shoot better, faster than those bigger guns. We had a 320RX out here with the dot on it and a, an X5 Legion with a dot on it. So um, this thing just surprised the snot out of me and really shoots like a house on fire. So it's probably worth the extra couple hundred bucks to buy this over a Glock. Yeah, it is. And, and the last thing I'll say, the positive is it's optics ready. Um, so... All you got to do is uh, pop that slide off, and the rear sight comes off. Drop your optic on there, the Sig Romeo optic, and uh, and you're good to go. You got a nice little gun with a uh, red dot on it. Pretty pretty nice system. And just to give you a heads up too, Sig, we know from our buddy that owns this gun, Mr. John. Thank you very much for letting us play with your toys, thank you, John. Uh, he's been on order for one of those Romeo dots for like seven months now, and he's been promised by Sig that he'll get one next month. So you hear that, Sig? Come on. Let's go. Sig is way behind on the dots right now, so if you want one <laughs> and you find one, don't hesitate. Just buy it, or you're going to wait a couple months until Sig can catch up with the demand because it, it's the Romeo, Romeo Zero, Zero, the small yes. dot, and that's the one that's designed to fit on this one. You have the Romeo Pro and some of the other dots that fit on the bigger guns, so it's a different dot that goes on the little gun than their 320 series guns. But, man, 
I can't wait to get my hands on one of these. I think I'm gonna have to buy one of these with the dot on it, and I'm gonna have to train, 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 and see how fast and how good I can get with this stupid little gun. And I say stupid little gun because this little gun, I think, is gonna outshoot my big full-size M&P gun that I've been shooting for the last five to 10 years. Who knows? Thanks for watching. Uh, for more videos like this, join the Shooters Club at ShootersClubMembers.com. A link is in the show notes below. I'm Bob Main. We're the Modern Handgunners. We're out. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. I think I'm going to have to get a, a P365 XL. Moving on, let's talk about a competition gun that I am almost finished building. This has been like a two-year project. A little over two-year project. Uh, I bought a regular third-generation Glock 19 about, mm, I think it was two and a half years ago. And I decided to turn it into my my dedicated competition Glock 19. I have two different, I have three different competition guns. Uh, one now is a Glock 19. The other is an M&P 2.0 9mm. And the other is a Glock 17 Gen 5. That's my next project. That's sitting in my safe waiting to be my next project. So... The um, actually, the, no, my next project is going to be my M&P. I'm going to finish that one. Then I'm going to do the Glock uh, 17 Gen 5. Then I'm going to have three really cool competition guns for different purposes. And so let me explain the different purposes. The Glock 19 Third Gen. That's my concealed carry competition gun because I often carry a Glock 19. It's my primary. It's still my primary concealed carry pistol. And so I want to be good with it. So I'm, I'm going to practice and train with that a lot. But I also want to be competitive with it in competition matches because it's fun. So I have two G19s. I have one Glock 19 for competition, the other for carry. My strictly carry Glock 19 is a new Glock 19 Gen 5 FS. Stock, completely stock, 100% stock. I'm going to only replace the sights on it, and that's it. But let me tell you what I've done to my competition Glock 19. It started off as just a regular third gen G19. I had a lot of grip texturing put on it. I had the finger grooves removed. I had the trigger guard undercut with some texturing there as well. I had, uh, I had both sides of the gun, the thumb rests, stippled and, and textured so that I can get a good grip on the thumb rest so I can control recoil. A little better. Uh, I replaced it with a Wilson Com. Wilson, uh, replaced the barrel with a Wilson Combat barrel, uh, a, a nice fitting, tighter fitting Wilson Combat stainless steel barrel. I can shoot any kind of ammo I want from this. Highly accurate barrel. So that's now in the gun. I have a, a stainless steel captured guide rod. I forgot where I bought it, but it's very good. Stainless steel captured guide rod and uh, sometimes I use a non-captured and sometimes I use a captured and uh, that's that's nice I'm uh, I got a three and a half pound Glock three and a half pound trigger Glock stock OEM three and a half pound connector trigger connector the minus connector so it lightens the trigger pull smooths it out a little bit in my opinion just my opinion for competition only I'm not going to do this to my carry gun and then I also have an oversized uh, takedown lever 
And that doesn't affect shooting at all. It just is nice when I'm field stripping the gun. And I got this one. I actually got this one long time ago up in Dallas uh, at a gun show. And um, I got it from a guy named T.R. Graham who calls himself the gunsmith, uh, Glocksmith, the Glocksmith. And so anyway, that's just a replacement part of the takedown lever just to make it easier to take down. But this thing, and I have Trigicon HD sights with a green front. So that's my competition Glock 19. I don't think I'm going to have to... Oh, wait a minute. There's, I'm not done yet. I'm not done. I have Larry Vickers slide release, which really... That really helps me. Um, when I reload in competition, I, I do like to use the slide release now. But I can... This one helps me reach it and, and do it faster. But I don't accidentally engage it. I had a problem with the Glock extended slide release. My thumb was accidentally pushing that up and locking the slide back when it wasn't supposed to. With the Vickers it doesn't do that. And I have Larry Vickers base plates on the magazines so that it's easy to rip them out if I have that type of a malfunction to where I gotta rip the magazine out. So there we go. That's my setup. Uh, it's, it's the Glock factory slide the trigger components are all factory. All the springs are stock, and everything's factory except this three and a half pound connector. That's it. That's the only uh, difference from the trigger parts that Glock puts out in the factory condition on a Glock 19. Now, so far, my competition holster is just a Concealment Solutions Cobra. Now, Jason does make some competition holsters that are dedicated for competition. They're not real good for concealed carry, but they're good for competition. And I'm going to get one of those. I got one for my MMP 2.0. I'm going to get one for my Glock 19. And I do compete. I compete with mag holder horizontal mag carriers. I like to do that. I don't think it slows me down at all. Matter of fact, I think it probably speeds up my reloads a little bit and I carry that way. So I still like to compete as much the way that I carry. I like to do that. I like to fight like I train, train like I fight. What's I'm messing it up now. Train like you fight, fight like you train. I believe that's what most people say. Sometimes I will go to competition matches with my concealed carry G19. I'll go there with my Gen 5 front sight serration version and I'll shoot that in completely stock configuration. Yeah, it slows me down a little bit, but that's okay because I'm practicing with my carry gun, which you must do, folks. You have to practice with your carry gun, but sometimes I like to go there and play the game. And in IDPA, my highly modified Glock 19 is perfect for the CCP, concealed carry pistol version. I just have to download my magazines to the eight rounds in the mag plus one in the chamber when I start the... Um, match but that's it that's it when i start each stage now if i compete we have a local club here in san antonio texas called aasa and aasa lets you it lets you compete the way you're gonna carry you can load up your magazines to full capacity i mean come on most of us in most states we load our magazines to full capacity right 
We don't download our magazines. If you got a 15-round mag, you load them up to 15 plus one in the chamber, so you carry 16. Or if you got 17-round mags, you load it up to 17, right? Or 10-round mags, you load it up to 10. You know, but IDPA's got these goofy rules, and that's okay. I play by the rules when I shoot with them, and when I shoot with AASA or USPSA, I play by those rules. In USPSA, they have division capacity rules on how much you can load your magazines. Oh, well. When you play the game, you got to play by the rules. You know what the game is in a real gunfight? The game is win. It's anything you need to do to win. Anything that you need to do to win. There aren't very many rules in the gunfight except for win. Actually, there is one rule uh, above winning, and that is don't get in one. Don't get in a gunfight. That's my big motto. Don't get in a gunfight. And then if you do get in a gunfight, win. That's it. So that's why I really like the AASA Club. That stands for American Action Shooting Association. And you can look them up. They're not everywhere, but they are here. You might have an association, a club, a competition club in your area. Very similar. So check it out. Just check out the uh, competition matches in your area, and they're very, very useful and worthwhile. Okay, that's it. That's all I got for you on this episode, folks. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening. Uh, you guys do it so often. There's so many people every month that tune into this, even international listeners. Um, please support this podcast. If, if I help you in any way with your decisions, your training, anything like that, um, one good way one good way you can show appreciation is join the Shooters Club. Now, let me tell you about the Shooters Club real quickly. They're, they're not just gun review videos. A lot of videos on there about how to do things. And a lot of really good instructors uh, have joined me to put videos on there. One of them, uh, Spencer Keepers, I'll talk about him. He talks a lot about appendix carry, and he does videos on it. On appendix carry. Brent Yamamoto from Suarez International recently did a uh, an extra on ground fighting and fighting with your handgun. That's an audio podcast. Masada Yub several years ago gave me some of his time and that's on the Shooters Club. Stories about real people that have been in real gunfights in real situations are also on the Shooters Club. Stories about people that encountered police officers when they had a gun. Uh, that's on the Shooters Club. Training videos. Videos from training classes that Ben Branham and I have conducted over the years. And they're on the Shooters Club. You can watch people performing some of the drills and you can get a lot of great practice and training ideas just by watching those it does not replace regular training but it sure does help you develop the mindset understand what it is that you need to practice and give you some ideas and maybe teach you some things that you didn't know about your handguns and your rifles even team tactics you'll see videos on that so only eight dollars a month that's it or 75 dollars a year if you want to save some money and we're always putting new videos, and new audio podcasts on the Shooters Club. Go to ShootersClubMembers.com. In the show notes, you'll see a direct link, ShootersClubMembers.com. You can also do your Amazon shopping through my affiliate Amazon store. you got to go to HandgunWorld.com first to find it, 
And if you do it that way, you can support me without having to spend any extra money. Last but not least, watch my YouTube videos. And that's it, folks. You've just listened to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. I'm Bob Main. This is a practical show done by a practical guy. And I'm going to sign off by saying this. Remember, shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Good.